Hey there, and welcome to the Brave Marriage Podcast. I'm Kinsey Dzinski, a licensed marriage and family therapist and certified professional coach. And this is a podcast for couples who want to grow as individuals, do marriage with intention, and live mutually empowered, purposeful lives. I hope everybody had a wonderful Valentine's Day a couple of weeks ago now. Evan and I did. We didn't do anything fancy, but what we've found in the past few years is communicating all of our expectations beforehand is the best way to go. So we did that and had a really good day. And we've actually had a really good couple of weekends together, too. The weekend before last, as you maybe saw on Instagram, we served as a mentor couple for a premarital weekend retreat that's hosted every year where my husband works. And we've been a part of it for four years now, and this was the best year by far. Evan and I had the opportunity to speak together on communication, modeling what to do and what not to do, using a real-life example from our newlywed days. So that's always fun, letting the couples learn from us what not to do. And I spoke for the third year on healthy sexuality in marriage, which is always a blast. And we had a really great group of couples this year, really savvy couples. They were saying things like, this communication tool saved our marriage before it's even started. So it was just a really rewarding and really fulfilling weekend. And then I entered a new decade, you guys. I turned 30. So we made a fun day of that. And I just wanted to share a little bit of that with you. So you know I'm coming to you today feeling rested with a full heart and just refreshed and energized and really grateful. For the past five episodes, we've kept to the theme of change. And as of today, we only have this episode left in this series before we spend the next month or two, who knows, talking about sex. So... If that interests you and you know someone who would enjoy listening in, please share this podcast with a friend or family member or a spouse, especially if you'd like them to listen in next month too. But anyway, last week we talked about slowly changing your marriage together and having patience for the process. And just to be clear, before diving into the rest of this episode, it is often better and certainly more fun to work on your marriage together to know that both people are wanting and willing to make change and to keep each other accountable through the process. And so coming into therapy is no different. It's always optimal when two people are in the same place or a similar place, both desiring to work on their marriage. But a question I get asked pretty regularly when clients inquire about marriage therapy is, can you still work with us if my spouse doesn't really want to be here? And my answer is yes, absolutely. And in my opinion, the chances of marriage therapy working are far greater than if a client were to drag their spouse in kicking and screaming. So this is when one partner in the marriage wants to work and the other doesn't, not when one wants a desperate last attempt to save the marriage and the other is already out, like they've already said they're going to file for divorce. So just to be clear about that. And different therapists land in different places on this, but I tend to be more optimistic than some when it comes to my philosophy of change. I credit that optimism to my training as a systemic therapist, because as you've heard me talk about over the past month, personal growth and relational change are certainly possible. We just have to make sure we're taking a system's perspective on the changes that we hope to make so that we have the best possibility of ending up with the outcomes we desire. 
So if you choose to seek counseling individually, it's really important to find a therapist who will work for your marriage rather than against your marriage. And the best way to do that is to find someone who is both a licensed marriage and family therapist and someone who holds the same values or beliefs as you do, if you find that important. And I'll place a link in the show notes to an online directory which can help you do that. Anyway, back to my original point, it is possible to change your marriage by yourself. Is the change or outcome you desire guaranteed? No. But can you make a difference by yourself? Yes. And do you want to know the very best way to change your marriage? Start by changing yourself. I attended a marriage conference several years ago where Michelle Weiner Davis was the keynote speaker. And Michelle is a solution-focused couples therapist who talks all about doing some of her best marriage therapy by working solely with a spouse who is willing and desires to change. Because when one spouse isn't ready to work on the marriage, it's really difficult to begin making progress with both partners until the skeptical partner is on board. And it's hard to get people to change their minds. But you know what's easier? Helping one person change, the person who wants the marriage to be different, and the person who is coachable and willing to do something different, even if that something is counterintuitive or uncomfortable at first. Because you know what disinterested spouses respond to? Change. Having a different experience of their spouse in their own home. I read a quote once that said, if you can't convince them, confuse them, (laughs) right? So if you can't persuade your spouse to work on your marriage with you, if doing more of the same thing isn't working, in other words, whether that's more persuading, complaining, convincing, or groveling, then here's a new idea for you. Stop trying to get your spouse to change and start getting them to notice changes in you. Because your spouse may not respond to the same old words or the same old strategies concocted in different ways to get their attention. But you know what your spouse may respond to? A different experience. A new dynamic. With you. So I'm going to flesh out this concept a little more fully, but I'd like to preface with a disclaimer here that none of the information on this podcast is a substitute for licensed professional therapy. It's one thing to talk about it, it's another thing to actually do the work and to have someone guide you through the process and help keep you accountable to the right things. So as you guys know, if you're looking for a Christian marriage therapist in the Lexington, Kentucky area, I'd be more than happy to work with you. And if you're out of state, I'd be glad to work with you through coaching, a one-hour consultation, or to direct you to a qualified therapist in your state. Additionally. This episode is not to be followed if you're experiencing any type of abuse in your relationship, whether spiritual, emotional, verbal, sexual, or physical. In fact, if you have any question or doubt in your mind about your situation, I'd prefer you just go ahead and turn this episode off and seek a licensed professional in your area. And quickly, this episode is brought to you by my free research-based relationship quiz. Have you ever wanted a professional insider's look at your relationship? Well, I've created a short quiz that lets you in on the state of your relationship based on four different components of marital health. After taking the quiz, you'll receive an immediate score, plus a description of your score will be sent straight to your inbox, followed by 
one action step, next steps to take, and one prayer for your marriage. To get in on that free resource, just visit bravemarriage.com slash quiz. Again, that's bravemarriage.com slash quiz. Okay, so let's dive into today's topic a little further. And I want to make this applicable for couples who are both doing well in their marriage and for couples who are not. So I want you to think through this in your own marriage. What's one thing you regularly complain to your spouse about if you're a pursuer? Or one thing you're afraid to address with your spouse if you're a withdrawer? Maybe you'd like your spouse to take the lead on something. Maybe you'd like him or her to show you more affection. Or maybe you would like your spouse to help more around the house. Okay, whatever it is, once you have that complaint in mind, I want you to answer a few more questions for me. Number one, what examples can you point to to support your point? Okay, a common complaint I get in my practice, whether I'm working with coaching or therapy clients, is my spouse isn't carrying his or her weight in our relationship. Whether that's in responsibility, equality, leadership, but in some form or fashion, one partner has unmet expectations about his or her partner's contribution to the marriage. So in asking you this question, I'm trying to get at very specific examples. From your perspective, and remember, your perspective is your perspective, whether you're seeing the situation fully or not. But from your perspective, does your spouse not share the burden when it comes to managing the household, caring for children, cleaning, initiating sex, pursuing you emotionally, etc.? Question number two. What labels have you assigned to your spouse? Some labels I commonly hear used with the example I gave you are lazy, selfish, irresponsible, uncaring, inconsiderate, immature, and the list goes on. Now, we're going to come back and address this question, but for the moment, we'll move on to the third question I have for you, which is, What result does your spouse's lack of stepping up or showing up for you create in your life? What are the consequences for you of your spouse's inaction? And I would imagine, in the example I gave you, that your response would be something like this. It creates more work on my end. It causes our relationship to feel unbalanced. It creates disappointment for me. It makes me feel like I'm settling. It causes me to feel irritated, annoyed, sad, bitter, or resentful toward my spouse. It leads us to disagree, to fight, to not get along, to always be at odds with each other. And I totally get how couples end up feeling this way. But here's the fourth and most important question I have for you in this episode. What if, and really ponder this for a moment, what if you're equally responsible for the results you have in your life. Let me ask that again. What if you're equally responsible for the results you have in your life? What if the reason your spouse doesn't clean is because he or she knows you'll do it? What if your spouse isn't taking initiative in one area because you haven't left any room for them to? What if, out of your own discontentment or desire to be in control, The very thing you're asking of your spouse has already been taken care of by you. Or what if the lack of assertiveness is the only thing keeping your spouse from showing up for you in the way that you want him or her to? 
What if you haven't clearly communicated what you want and desire? What if the labels you assign to your spouse from question number two are reinforcing your own attitude and perception of your spouse despite the changes they're trying to make? Have you ever thought about that? If not, please go back and actually ask yourself these questions. Because what I'm getting at here is what if once you're able to see the situation from your spouse's perspective as well, the only thing keeping you from the outcome you desire are your own thoughts about the situation or your own actions around that situation. That's a complete paradigm shift, right? And I know it's a little provoking, but my hope is that it at least gets you thinking outside of the box. Because as I hope you know by now, At the end of this series, we co-create whatever is showing up in our marriages, both the things we don't want and the things we do. Now, I am not saying you are responsible for your spouse's bad behavior, but what I am saying is usually what's happening in your marriage is co-created and it's a reciprocal thing. It's a dynamic thing. So if you change your end of the pattern or dynamic, What would happen? How would things change or get better? See, I think it's really easy to focus on the speck in our spouse's eye while neglecting to notice the log in our own. I think it's really easy to blame our spouse for our problems without taking responsibility for our own contribution to the problem, maybe not directly, but in a roundabout way. So let that sink down deep for a second, pausing the episode if you need to. And when you're ready, hear these words of encouragement. The moment you take responsibility is the moment you empower yourself to change. The moment you take ownership of your role or your contribution to the issue you have with your spouse is the moment you have the power to do something different, to change your attitude, to shift your perspective, to grow yourself. Because friends, again, The best way to grow your marriage is to grow yourself. The best way to change your marriage is to change yourself. Is your desired outcome guaranteed? Heck no. But when we begin to take responsibility for our own growth, when we create boundaries in our own life that are for our own or others' good, and when we pursue health, whether spiritually, emotionally, or mentally, It's amazing how things around us begin to get healthier and more whole as well. So your action step for today is to walk yourself through this four-question process to figure out not what part of your spouse needs to change, but what part of you needs to change. And then I want you to pray. I want you to pray that the Lord would open your eyes to see things from His perspective and that He would lead you in all truth and wisdom to the changes you need to make for you. And my prayer for you as you do that this week is that the Lord would transform you from the inside out and that you'd surrender your will to His as He does, that you would cooperate with where the Spirit leads and take action, whether in thought, attitude, or behavior, in the area in which you feel stirred to. I hope you all have a good week, friends. I can't wait to be back with you soon. Bye-bye. Love is not a bad
Love is not a bomb. Love is just as fragile as it is.